that they will ditch their cars by the thousands and ride this bus instead, which we know is not going to happen. And if you want proof, remember the lady I introduced you to at the top. Yes. Amelia. She said she used to ride the bus all the time. You used to ride the bus a lot, you said? Yes, I did. Uh-huh. Yes. What changed that for you? I got a car. Ah! <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Coming up on 12 minutes after 5 on Wisconsin's Morning News. You get a text from your parents at this hour of the day. Oh, I don't like that. But you don't, right? No. You and I are about the same age, a few years younger than me. Brandon in there as well. Do not like. like. And Deb, Do not right. Like. Right? Right. Because, mm-hmm. you know, both my parents are in relatively good health, but you get that 5, let me see, 5.09 a.m. text from your dad. Yeah, no thank Ooh, you. Better check that out. Yep, yep. I got a 5.09 a.m. text from my dad to me and my brother. Please, please tell me it's about That's, the Brewers. It is. It's 5.09 a.m. Joe Petrano was in. Went to Brewers game yesterday. Watched the Sox drop a nine-burger on the bullpen duo of Bush and Guerra. Both have an ERA over eight. A one-way ticket to Biloxi is in order for both. Joe Petrano out. 5.09 a.m. Nothing but facts before 5. He's man. Are you usually up this early? I don't know. He's losing sleep over there. Sunday matinee. He literally I like is. It. I like it. Losing it's fine sleep with me. Over the Sunday matinee, and our team is otherwise in good shape. <laughs> but that needed to be communicated right now at this hour. Well, it was a boat race. <laughs> I was listening on the way. I was played golf yesterday, which is a whole other story. On the way home, and it was like we went up. What? We went up in the bottom of the seventh, right? I'm God, like, we okay, were looking here we great. Go. Yeah, we were looking in the eighth. This is our team. Here we go. Here Holy we go. Just get cannonballed. Jeez. <laughs> uh, we'll let Brandon Snyde tell it in sports next on Wisconsin's Morning News. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Milwaukee Brewers took a lead into the eighth inning and saw that quickly evaporate as they surrender nine runs in that inning and lose to Boston by a final of 12-5. to five. Matt Bush came in for the crew in the eighth inning, giving up a couple of homers and eventually four earned runs, earning himself the first loss of his season. Well, I think Matt's going to have to get outs for us for sure. You know, we, we've got we to have an eight-man bullpen, and that's what we're going to count on. He got huge outs in the Seattle series for us. Um, had a bad day today. According to Joe Vitrano, he could be heading to Biloxi, still yet to be <laughs> <Immediately>. determined. <laughs> the Brewers will look to rebound tonight as they welcome in the Detroit Tigers to begin a three-game series. Colin Ray is expected to get the start for the Brew Crew with the first pitch set for 640. You can tune into full coverage over on 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee beginning at 6 p.m. Over to the NBA where the Milwaukee Bucks will look to even things up down in Miami after dropping an ugly Game 3 on Saturday night as they prepare for Game 4 tonight. Giannis, who is dealing with a back contusion, has been listed as questionable for tonight's game. He was also listed as questionable for Game 3. He was able to do some individual work following the Bucks' practice on Sunday, but whether he plays or not, Coach Bud knows the fix to their solution is rather quite simple. Uh, we need to be better. Um, you know, so like I said, give them credit. They played well. Uh, we need to be better. We need to deal with um, a lot of things better. 
um, that'll be the challenge going into the next game. Game four will tip off tonight at 6.30. Our pregame coverage will begin right here on WTMJ beginning at 6. And finally over to the NFL where draft week is finally upon us and with 10 total selections, the Packers will look to address many areas of concern. According to ESPN's Mel Kuyper, don't be too shocked, though, to see some trades come down the wire on Thursday night. I think there's going to be some trades that are going to impact this because this is not a good draft. So, you know, with that, there's a lot of good players, but it's not a good draft overall. So there's a lot of mixed opinions on players, which there always are, but this year more than ever. Um, And I think you'll see a lot of teams trying to get out pick up some choices maybe next year uh, if they can, because next year's draft figures to be a lot better. We will have draft programming beginning on Thursday at 6 p.m. right here on WTMJ. And for those who want to listen to the Brewers game tonight, that's going to be on 94.5 ESPN. 518 on Wisconsin's Morning News. At 522 on Wisconsin's Morning News, want to bring in once again our U.S. Army veteran Brandon Snide, who had the trip of a lifetime this week, and you were volunteering on one of those honor flights, mm-hmm. Stars and Stripes honor flights. Good for you, man. Oh, what an experience, Vince. Just incredible. So I knew about it. You know, I knew what honor flight did. Of course you did, right? You knew what it was about, um, but I wasn't sure exactly what it all entailed. And Karen Rolke, who's the president uh, over there for the uh, Stars and Stripes Honor Flight. She gave me a pretty good overview on exactly what Honor Flight does and, and what they currently do. So Honor Flight uh, was developed as a way to get our oldest veterans to their memorial um, with the support that they need. Often our oldest veterans aren't either physically or financially in a position to see their memorials and really gain the closure that they need toward the end of their lives. And in particular, our vets who as they who saw combat, uh, rough combat, as they retire, um, those memories seem to come back. And so the, uh, the last third of their lives is a great time to, um, to really kind of put that to rest to um, to revisit those memories in a positive way if possible and to really have some closure um, on that on that part of their lives and closure indeed it was incredible uh, the, you know the stories every veteran there had a story every veteran there experienced uh, something different and seeing each one of them interact with each other, different eras, Vietnam, World War II. I was going to ask Korean. you about that because for you, an opportunity connect to connect with guys who were your heroes. We all have sports heroes right. and you know whatever line of work we go into. You went into the United States military, and these were the guys who came before you. Yeah. They're your heroes. I have a picture. I put it on social media. He's a World War II veteran standing up at the World War II Memorial. For me, that... That's the greatest generation in this country, and that's my personal opinion. And, you know, I put my arm around him. We took a picture. I looked at him, and I said, you're my hero. And he said, "I," you know, he was very, very, uh, you know, humble. Said, I'm not very photogenic, or I'm not very, I'm not, I didn't really do anything special. And I'm like, you know, sir, <laughs> battle the bulge. Right. I, mean, I beg to differ. Yeah, you were, you know, World War II. I mean, it was just a, a different era. And um, I do want to play some Vietnam audio here for you guys a guy that i became friends with or we exchanged phone numbers uh, eventually became a, a friend of mine throughout the trip his name's harry brill and we had a moment together at the wall the vietnam wall he was a veteran of the vietnam wall um and you can prepare yourself mentally you know i'm going to go see the wall but i don't think you understand how hard it hits you when you get there and those memories start to come back 
I got chosen to go in the Army by the lottery and drafted, so I just thought I'd make the best of it. Seeing these monuments and the people that I was with during when I was in Vietnam and stuff, it just moves me a different way. I get really emotional about stuff like this, and I have a couple times. And then seeing the people, like now, congratulating us and hoping, you know, saying thanks for coming back and everything like this and it's the first time I came back we weren't wanted here we were not uh, accepted like so now everybody it seems to know that we did something over there for them and many of them there were 118 Vietnam veterans on the trip uh, mission number 67 uh, 150 total 118 Vietnam vets those Vietnam veterans getting the welcome home that they never ever received it was uh, i think i told you guys every emotion you can think of on saturday wrapped into one well and then not done yet because you get back from dc and there are thousands of people at the airport for the, the welcome home. three to four thousand marching bands cheerleaders i mean you you name it families uh just i mean everybody there just, it was one big party I, absolutely just shout out to uh stars and stripes honor flight for everything that they do i just it's a well-oiled machine uh, they know exactly what they're doing. They're motivated to do it. They're positive. They're excited. And they help bring closure. They help bring happiness, you know, to so many veterans that uh, never received that. Appreciate you sharing with that with us. 526 here on this Monday morning. On 542 on this Monday morning. I'm excited to bring you this story. Milwaukee Art Museum finally bringing back one of its most popular attractions. The Lakefront Festival of Art returns in June. This was such a popular event. They obviously canceled in 2020 due to COVID. 2021, a June event. A lot of those weren't happening because like the vaccine was just coming online and you certainly couldn't book out with any level of certainty that folks were going to be able to come. Not sure why they didn't get it together in 22, but regardless, the festival that was founded in the early 1960s is going to return to the Art Museum grounds in the shadow of the Calatrava. will feature the work of some 120 artists. Great news. Fantastic. Let's get back. And then, you know, on, on top of just the artists who have their work being displayed, then there are specials with getting into the Art Museum mm-hmm. as well. They've yeah. got events for kids. They usually have some music. Just a really great festival that people like. I... I remember as a kid, so my mom did like needlepoint, cross stitch, oh, okay. uh, other crafts. Yeah. And so this was a must go every year. We had to go down there and check out this work. And they used to have it to like kind of on the edge of Veterans Park on the north side of the art museum, if you can figure that, sort of that grassy area. Ah, uh, yes. It rained every year they had this <laughs> thing. And Every year it was like swampy. Of course. I remember them throwing like the hay down the straw, yeah, yeah. like to try that did nothing <laughs> except just sort of mix with the dirt. And oh. and so now that they have the Calatrava edition and then they really built out the grounds, they have that paved area that I guess would be sort of to the southeast of the Calatrava itself. It's a nice spot there, yeah. closer to Discovery World. They put up that super high quality tent mm-hmm. and it's just a wonderful spot and people can really enjoy it. Now, it still rains almost every time. <laughs> I, I tell you, I remember covering it for TMJ4 one year when they had a stretch of weather like all three, four days, and people were like, I can't believe it. Right. Because it was full of people who come every year, and they're like, every year it rains. I don't know what it is, and this year it was great. So it was notable 
that the weather was fantastic. But wonderful to see that event coming back. It'll be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, June 16th through the 18th, mam.org for more information. 544, Brandon's got sports next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Football fans, fear not. Draft week is finally upon us. And with 10 total selections, the Packers will look to address many areas of needs and concerns. Tight end, not only a position of need for the Packers, it's a position of depth in this year's draft, according to ESPN's Mel Kuyper. I think that's the best position in the draft, that in corner. I think you can get a tight end that can help you into the fifth, sixth round area. That would be like Davis Allen from Clemson, Cameron Latou from Alabama, two in the first, two in the second, then strange second or third round, then a host of, of third through seventh rounders that can play. I have, I have 16 tight ends with make it grades right now. We will have draft night programming beginning Thursday at 6 p.m., right here on WTMJ. Over to the Diamond, where the Milwaukee Brewers lose in ugly fashion on Sunday afternoon to the Boston Red Sox by a final of 12-5. to The Brewers and their once-successful bullpen surrendered nine runs in the eighth inning as Matt Bush took the loss his first of the season. The Brewers will look to bounce back tonight as they welcome in Detroit for a three-game series. Colin Ray is expected to get the start for the Brew Crew with that first pitch set for 640. You can tune into full coverage over on 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee, beginning at 6 p.m. Over to the NBA, where the Milwaukee Bucks will look to even things up down in Miami after dropping Game 3 on Saturday night as they prepare for Game 4 tonight in what is being labeled as a must-win for the Deer. Giannis, who is still dealing with a back contusion, he has been listed as questionable for tonight's game. He did do some individual work on Sunday. And again, Game threes he was listed as questionable as well, and he did not play, so... Pay attention to the injury report uh, as the day goes on, certainly into the later evening. Whether he plays or not, though, Coach Bud trusts his team no matter who is out there on the court. Well, we've got a really good team. You know, this group's been together. Um, You know, there's a ton of confidence in that locker room. Um, Players that, you know, can play and execute at a high level. Um, You know, it's one game today. We, uh, you know, we weren't our best, and we got to look at that. we got to own that and be better going into the next game and know that we've got a really good team and really good players. Game four will tip off tonight at 6.30. Our network pregame coverage will begin at 6 p.m. right here on WTMJ, your home of the Milwaukee Bucks. Coming up next, coming soon to the streets near you. Every day I get with you. What makes this bus a magic bus? That's next on Wisconsin's Morning News. complaint this morning, Eric. Uh-oh. <laughs> See, you love me. I don't know why. Here we you're, go. You're entertained by by things that bother me. <laughs> yes, yes. There's certain things that really get under you, yes. and this is one of them. It's been at least five years that I've been complaining about this, but there's, there's a new reason today that I'm bent out of shape over okay. it, and you should be too. You had the story in the news earlier about Milwaukee County Transit in existential trouble. Here was uh, what we had in the newscast. Milwaukee County Comptroller estimates a deficit of at least $20 million by 2025. Transit system says looming cuts could vastly reduce the route layout, perhaps by as much as 50% or 6 million rides annually. Officials with the system have begun meeting with state legislators on long-term solutions. So we've got 
with what we have right now, an inability to sustain even that level of service in just a matter of a couple of years. And while they do this, and you can see this is happening, the infrastructure all but complete, the special ramps and the onboarding platforms built out on Wisconsin Avenue, Blue Brown Road, you're wondering, what, what, what is this about? For the bus rapid transit that is supposed to start service this year. That's right, the super fast buses. Yes, that aren't actually any faster. They just reduce the travel times, which I will explain momentarily. I first began investigating what I believe will be an extraordinary boondoggle Back in 2016, I was at TMJ4. Good morning, and How you doing? Emilio Lozano sees a lot of bus riders at the Milwaukee Regional Medical Center. My workers that get off the bus here, it's most around 6.30 in the morning. She often took the bus herself and thinks a quicker, more efficient service is a great idea. I'm sure a lot of the employees do too, and, and some of the patients, they want to come and see that or their appointments. Okay, so we're there at the medical complex. We're okay. talking with Amelia. She's a crossing guard there. Sounds great. Job. Right. She's excited. But yes, mm-hmm. we should find a quicker, more efficient way. I used to ride the bus a lot. It'd be great to see people have an opportunity to get here a little quicker. Yeah. And you can hear the buses kind of coming and going. Used to take the bus to work. Says, yep, be great. That's the promise of bus rapid transit. These are electric buses. They have fewer stops. In some cases, they'll have dedicated lanes, so bus only. And it's rapid relative to other buses on the system right now, also because one of the things it'll be able to do is kind of hold a green light. If it's approaching an intersection, light's green. It can keep that light green a little bit longer. Like the intersection. buzz through there. Yeah, the tech will know that it's on the way, so it'll hold the green, and it makes its way through a little bit quicker than standard buses. It doesn't go any faster in terms of speed. So rapid is a relative term. (laughs) It will cut down on the total drive time. It's a new system. It's not replacing the buses we have that currently clog the east-west corridor, but in addition to. So problem number one is we clearly can't afford it. We built it uh, about 40 or $50 million we got in federal funding, made available not for projects that we need, not available for projects to sustain the bus system that we have, but only if you add new stuff like this with all these strings attached. And we just couldn't turn down the cash. Without regard for whether or not we can fund actually driving the buses once the thing is built. I kind of liken it to this. Your in-laws say, we'd like you to join the country club where we belong. And we will pay the initiation fee. You're like, well, we can't afford to join the country club. It's picking up $10,000. We don't have $10,000. We'll pay that for you. Oh, what a wonderful gift. Here's the problem. Next year. Yeah. And every year you have an annual yep. fee. So here's the $10,000 initiation. You get that paid. But then each year you have thousands of dollars to re-up your membership plus... Maybe you got to spend a certain amount of money in the pro shop, a certain amount of money at the restaurant. And if you have no mechanism to afford that, did they really give you the gift of joining the country but club? But if more and more people realize how great that golf Aha! club is and start yes. using said golf club, that reduces the congestion at the other golf courses. <laughs> yes. And that is one of the other promises of the bus rapid transit. It promises to reduce congestion in the corridor. Yeah. So this would be Wisconsin Avenue, Blue Mound Road, between the lake and the medical complex, even for existing riders. So how does that work? Or drivers, I should say. You're taking a lane out of traffic. So in some places, maybe three lanes down to two or two lanes down to one for existing cars in order to leave a lane largely empty for most of the time, but for when the BRT is sitting in it. How does that reduce congestion for other drivers? Because the BRT, the Bus Rapid Transit, is not any ordinary bus. It is a magic bus. Every day I get in the queue. 
Yeah. No, that's not fair. It is fair. Come on. County transit officials predict that this bus will be so fast, so efficient, so great that it will shave nine minutes off the current bus travel time from Lakefront to Wauwatosa. Okay. Not nine minutes off of your drive time if you got in a car. Nine minutes off of if you're already taking the bus, it'll be just that much faster if you rode it gate to gate. And that folks will be so impressed by that, so enamored of the magic bus, (laughs) that they will ditch their cars by the thousands and ride this bus instead, which we know is not going to happen. And if you want proof, remember the lady I introduced you to at the top? Yes. Amelia. She said she used to ride the bus all the time. You used to ride the bus a lot, you said? Yes, I did. Uh-huh. Yes. What changed that for you? I got a car. <laughs> ah! <laughs> so when given the preference, people would still rather drive their cars. Well, I, we're not Chicago. We're not New York. We're not Boston. We're having a car is prohibitive. But there are there is a track toward the younger generations using cars less, right? I'll grant you that. But I, my bigger question is, how much of a demand is there from the lakefront to the end of the line there? Where's the end of the line? You said the medical college. and that yes. is, is, there a, is there a large demand for that commuter there? Or even reverse. Reverse, yeah. More or the other companies way. coming downtown. So would someone in Wauwatosa now walk to the bus stop, freeze their butt for however oh, long they're waiting for the bus? People, people take the train into Chicago all the time. Yes, because they have to. Because it's faster. And less expensive. These are people who already have cars. By the thousands, they're going to be riding the bus. And we can't afford the buses that we already have because this, though, is a magic bus.